I want to share briefly in this second Sunday of Advent, this time of preparation and really being called deeper into the work that is needed for us to receive this salvific gift of Jesus Christ. Uh, I want to share the tale of two men, two men who have had an impact in our area and particularly an impact in downtown Sioux Falls. You may or may not be aware that Sioux Falls is home to uh, one of the only replicas of the Statue of David in the world. The Fawicks were a family uh, in the founding of the city who were very generous and desired the city to have great beauty, and they uh, had these repli- this replica done. A replica of Moses was done, and I think another um, work of Michelangelo was given to the city of Sioux Falls and have graced that city for many years. Michelangelo never would have imagined there'd be this little city on a little river uh, and his name would be known. Just up the hill is another um, structure of beauty, the Cathedral of St. Joseph. And Bishop Paul Swain was assigned here at a time when a restoration process had been halted uh, because his predecessor had been moved to another diocese. And he took up the work of the restoration of our cathedral. And if you haven't been there, you should be there. You should go soon uh, and see this incredible gift of beauty that has been given to the city of Sioux Falls, is given to our diocese, is given to the region, and the list of people and where they come from all over the world to see this cathedral is astonishing. And my favorite thing about the cathedral was to sit in the back when people would walk in the door and they didn't know that you were sitting there, and you got to hear their first responses when they walked into this beauty. It didn't matter what religious practice you had or didn't have. You were struck by the particular way this beauty impacts a person. And we have Bishop Paul Swain to thank for uh, the restorative dimension of this great gift. We're called to bear much fruit. And you likely ask yourselves or are asking yourselves how you want to bear fruit in this world, how you want to bear fruit in the communities you will one day belong to, how you want to bear fruit here at the university, through whatever it is that you were chosen to do with your hands and with your mind and with your feet. You want to do something for this world, and so you have a career that you are beginning to prepare for, and now is the time in which your preparations are just about complete. So you're all like beginning to ramp up the anxiety as finals arrive. And you have those last moments to decide what kind of preparatory work do I do in these days to make sure that I get where I want to go, right? The gospel reminds us that we are called to bear good fruit. We are called to be fruitful with our lives. But we are Christians. And we best not mistake that the fruitfulness of that cathedral and the statue of David are of two different dimensions because they're from two different men. 
And the fruitfulness of those things while impacting us and helping us are to help us grow in the dimension that really matters. The fruitfulness that Jesus is interested isn't in what you can build or what you can attach your name to. The fruitfulness that Jesus is interested in is your soul. And where you are at in relationship with God. How capable are you of receiving his mercy? How willing are you to let his love fill your heart and your life and to be an instrument of that love into this world? How able are you to go wherever it is that he sends you? How desirous are you to forgive every single person who has wronged you? This is the preparatory work that God is interested in all of your life. And the church gives us this season of Advent to every year help us re-engage that dynamic of our lives, to reprioritize what it is that we are doing with our day. And yes, the work you are doing in your studies are important, and the career that you will give to this world is a part of the way God created you and wants you to sustain and nourish and flourish among a people. But all of those things are just the means with which we discover who we are the dynamics of our soul because we are Christians. And through our baptism and the claim that the Father has had on you as his sons and daughters helps you know I'm getting prepared for something way beyond anything that's going to be on a pedestal or on a hill. Do you see in your studies and coming to finals moments where you just want to throw your hands in the air I hope so. But then I hope you bring them back down in prayer and say, Lord, what is it that you're asking of me? Why is it that I'm worried and afraid? How is it that I got to this place? Will you come to my place of worry and anxiety and fear? How many of us think that everything is up to us? And now is the moment, the particular way of preparing for these things that we can say, you know what, maybe it's actually up to God. One of my seminary professors, right, being a priest and entering the seminary doesn't take you out of this. We're just as bad. We're probably worse. And my, one of my seminary professors that was more of a... Uh, pastoral guy. He just kind of came in for a few seasons and he wasn't really on faculty. And he saw all of us like so diligent and so studying and really smart and doing all our things. And he looks at us one day as we're preparing for finals and he's like, how about you all do yourselves a favor and get a C for once? I agree. A 4.0 isn't what makes me a great priest, so why would perfect grades make you a good physician or a good business person or a good nurse or a good teacher? Maybe a teacher who understands patience would help people flourish more. Maybe a physician who understands weakness would be better at a bedside than one who only understands perfection. Maybe somebody in law who knows what it is to have received injustice and known that a justice of human origin isn't the only thing you need would be a better lawyer 
in a community. All of these things are moments in which our soul is being prepared to help God flourish in our communities. And this is the fruitfulness that he wants you to bear. And that fruitfulness will lead you to eternity. At the end of his life, in the book we handed out last week, there's more copies if you would like one still, if you didn't get one. Michelangelo observed this. At 88 years old, an indisputable genius who had lived a life of astonishingly worldly accomplishments, he had one regret. I regret that I have done so little for my eternal soul and that I am only now beginning to learn the alphabet of that craft. In the back page of Bishop Swain's funeral booklet from yesterday, he had this written and asked to be inserted. As I often stated in my earthly life, I wish that nothing be named after me, including ministries and fundraising programs. I am a sinner who, thanks to the sacrifice of our Lord on the cross and through his mercy exercised through the church he instituted, has forgiven me every day of my life. Despite my human frailty, I was given the opportunity and high privilege to be his servant in the public office of priest and bishop. I apologize and express remorse for my failings and mistakes during the dot in the history of the Diocese of Madison and the Diocese of Sioux Falls that is my life. I also thank God for those rare times I was able to be Jesus to others. All recognition should be given to him and to his blessed mother and my mother, who was a beautiful gift given to me later in my life, who always points us to him. When Father Morgan, the rector of the cathedral, entered Dory Hospice House to bestow the final rites on Bishop Swain, a man who gave 13 years of his life as our shepherd, he only had three words. I am ready. Might all of us Use every advent we have in the dot of our lives to ensure that to the best of our abilities, with the assistance of God's grace, every day in our lives might be moments that we prepare our soul so that our lives every day will help people flourish, but most importantly, that when our day comes,
times, we too might speak those words as well. I am ready. And the final words he offers, he says, give praise to the Lord. He must increase, I must decrease. And so may we all.